sorry for using all your toilet paper. <laughs> Just drip dry later. You'll do what? Drip dry. <laughs> Ew. Do not include that. I definitely am. <laughs> do not. <laughs> I, I definitely am. <laughs> okay, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of You're Going to Die in There, an American Horror Story podcast. I am Taylor Doherty, one of your hosts, and as always, we have with us... I'm announcing myself. Yeah, we're doing it there for this week. <laughs> okay. Haley Grace. Hey, Haley Grace. So, we... Are diving into episodes three and four of Coven this week, and these are some great episodes. Um, the end of the third episode is actually has my favorite line in the entire series, so I'm very excited to get to that. And How many times will Taylor say that it's <laughs> iconic today? Leave me alone, okay? This season yeah. actually is like, you know what? You're fired. <laughs> You're absolutely fired. <laughs> Good luck finding a replacement. <laughs> I know, right? Speaking of replacements, that's the name of the third episode, The Replacements. Oh, See that, what we did that there. was not planned. Yeah, that was not planned. <laughs> See what we did there, we didn't plan anything, and then it actually like worked out. Yeah. Alrighty. So. Before we dive into episodes three and four of Coven, let's start with a little AHS news in a segment we like to call the Lana Winter Special. Equally reviled and celebrated, she is one of the most provocative and polarizing figures of our time. Lee Harris has agreed to an interview live on television. Welcome to the Lana Winter Special. So there is a little going on in the AH universe um, post the announcement of the premiere dates of AHS AH Stories and AHS Double Feature. Um, a couple quotes from actors Evan Peters, Lily Rabe, and Dennis O'Hare were released in a couple interviews they've been doing about um, their experiences on Double Feature. So Evan Peters, who is playing Austin in the season said of his character Austin is kind of the show in, in a nutshell this season it's sort of fun and comedic and silly but also a little scary Finn Whitrock is the lead in it and it was great working with him and um, I think from what we might know about the character possibly playing a drag queen um, that could be fun and scary i don't know comedic you know he hasn't done a lot of comedy on the show i would say so or intentional comedy that is so it could be really interesting to see if he's got um i think he, he can actually be really good at comedy because he has some comedic moments i think in um in hotel is james patrick march Again, I don't really know if it was supposed to be played for comedy, <laughs> but it worked out that way. So I think he's got it in him, and um, excited to see what he does with that. And then Lily Rabe did an interview um, 
where she said she's of course playing Doris in the, the first part of double feature and she said this is one of my favorite seasons um she's Doris is really like nothing of the other characters I've ever played and the world is completely different too I think what this season is about is incredibly compelling I'm fairly kind of interested in what she means by the world being completely different um as I'm sitting here, I just thought of a theory. Based I'm on the one who's supposed to come up with the theories. <laughs> Mine was definitely more of a conspiracy theory. Um, okay, so double feature, right? What if one one of the parts of the season is like a mo- like a fake in-universe movie, and then the second half? is like maybe that coming to life it's very very loose <laughs> you're weird oh okay anyway i just thought i just thought about that as as i was reading that and um hmm. yes yes and then um dennis o'hare he said of his character that it's pretty different from all the others he's played he's not a main driver of action because i came in late and he's definitely got some comic relief which i love he's very funny and i have wonderful costumes i'm really excited about that i am thinking he might if we're going with the theory that evan peters is playing a drag queen he might play an older queen at the club maybe could be completely wrong (laughs) i don't know it could be it could be funny i think it could be funny um so here's hoping, right? So there's are some quotes about the upcoming season. Also, going over to American Horror Stories, Billy Lee Lord is expected to star in one of the final three episodes of the first season of American Horror Stories. Not much has been released about that yet, but it'll be exciting to see what she can do. Um, I love her. I love her. And... Um, we also love her mother, the late Miss Carrie Fisher. Hmm. And then today, actually, before we started taping, they, as in FX, released the first official poster for American Horror Stories. And it has rubber, well, not rubber man looks like rubber woman looks like rubber band man woman <laughs> rubber band woman <laughs> um in a red field of grass with murder house in the background so don't really know what that what the field has to do in it but uh rubber band woman is serving ass and so that's a thing. Can we pause for a second? Because I'm over here choking down my laughter. Are you really choking? <laughs> I just saw your sister's post from yesterday for Happy Father's Day. <laughs> what? <laughs> to the priest. What? What's so funny about it? <laughs> to for, for her priest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, she thought she was really funny. That just cracked me up. Yeah. Okay. My sister thought she was really funny doing that. I was dying. 
was hilarious. It was great. She like literally was like, look at my pose. And I was like, what is it? She's like, you know, happy Father's Day. And I was like, you need to get out. You really need to get out. I've had enough of your your nonsense. Your tomfoolery. I've had enough of the tomfoolery. I've had enough of this. But it was kind of funny. So yeah, I, I will definitely give her that. It just made me laugh. Alrighty, so that is all we have for AHS news for the week. I'm sure next about, about the next time we come back, there'll be a thousand other things that have been announced, or there'll be nothing at all. It's usually how it works. Some other they, whack stuff. They what? Some more whack stuff. Yeah, I thought you said whack stuff. I was like, I love wax figures. No whack. Have you ever been to a wax museum? No. You say that like it's just so below you. <laughs> it is. You should go to the wax museum with me in Nashville. Then I have two songs. I'm two okay. Songs. <laughs> She's like, I'm good, thanks. I am quite okay. Thank you, though. Well, you're welcome. And anytime you'd like to go, just let me know. And we'll do that. Okay, so let's dive in to our episodes this week. Episode three is named The Replacements after me finding a new co-host after I fired Haley Grace earlier. And episode four is Fearful Pranks Ensue. So let's dive right in. Are you ready, Haley Grace? I reckon. I say that every week. You say that every week. Like it's just like, it went me. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, I'm supposed to go. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> God. We've done, how many times have we done this? And you're like, oh, I have to talk now. Um, we're going to start out in the year of 1971. We have a young Miss Theona learning everything she can from her the woman who was the supreme when she was just so wee little lass. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Anyway, so she's chilling with um, the witch who was the supreme before her. And they're talking about how a supreme is chosen. Yes, it's Anna Lee Layton. What a southern name. It really is. The fact that she has Lee in her name twice, it's kind of... Oh, I, you know what? <laughs> I did not catch that. <laughs> I don't know how. I just... I don't ask. But I just... Yeah. I noticed that as soon as you said it. So Ridiculous. Very. Anyway, she... Fiona tries to convince Annalie to let her perform the Seven Wonders. Annalie... Does not let her do it, or doesn't want to let her do it. And Fiona is like, nah, I'm the next Supreme, and I'm starting to get all my powers. You're starting to lose them. Coincidence, I think, a not. And so she just harasses Anna Lee and ticks her off, and... She basically just tells her that she doesn't want to let her do the Seven Wonders because she doesn't want to give up being the Supreme yet. 
So mm-hmm. Annalie ends up calling her a swole child and that she has seen what is to come in the future and that Fiona's going to run the coven into the ground if she becomes the next Supreme. Did she lie? Where is the lie? Where is I the can't lie? find it. Oh, and Fiona, her attitude is not that of a Supreme and Annalie swears that she's going to make sure that she will not be Supreme no matter what. But Fiona, she just boop boops <laughs> over to Annalise's side. She boop boops. She, she, <laughs> she was one place, and then all of a sudden she was in another place. Mm, okay, thank you for clarifying. And she cuts her throat, slits it, kills just her. Nice little cut. And our good friend Spalding is standing and watching from the doorway the whole time. And they just watch Annalie fall to the floor mm-hmm. and die. Yeah, this episode has some of my favorite, well, these these couple episodes, has some of my favorite flashback scenes um, to the 70s. I don't know, like I just love the aesthetic of the house and the setting in the 70s and um yeah awesome 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 moving on uh we come back to the year 2013 back to the year 2013 modern times you know <laughs> 2013 yeah, is so modern. long ago <laughs> i remember when that was a real time <laughs> oh lord anyway uh we see fiona visiting the plastic surgeon and she is crying while watching a video on facelifts yeah she like, don't want to be old because <laughs> the doctor's like i think i think he literally tells her he's like this these are like instructional videos for doctors like we don't usually show these to people and she's like i want to see it anyway and then she's like crying and i'm like well that's what you get that's what you get because they literally cut your face off and pull it back well she just doesn't want to be old taylor can- i can relate i I like can relate. I like getting can. older. I just you can relate. I don't want to get old. I don't, don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> Toys R Us, rest in peace. <laughs> so then, um, we see Zoe going on a little field trip to visit Kyle's mom and. They sit down and talk about Kyle and his work ethic and how that he was a man. <laughs> that he was a good man. He was. And Kyle's mom, Alicia, accidentally lets it out that she was about to kill herself and then um, stopped when Zoe called. And she asks, she asks Zoe... If she was Kyle's girlfriend, but um, Zoe lets her know that the relationship wasn't romantic and yet, you know, for more reason than one. Oh, wait, maybe just one (laughs) because he got killed. (laughs) Well, if he, oh, yeah, radioactive, he would have black, she would have black widowed him. Black widowed him. 
Um, but Zoe, this is so creepy. Like this whole thing is so creepy with the whole Frankenstein man. It's too much. She she lets his mom know that he he's going to return. He will be back. No. No. Something I mean, just, yeah, but no. Some things just shouldn't be brought back and pieced uh, together, yeah. piece by piece. Has no one ever read Pet Cemetery? Sometimes dead is better. Oh my gosh. No, but it really is. So, back at the house, um, Nan, Queenie, and Madison are all drooling over the new shirtless neighbor who is moving in hot and bothered named luke and he's moving into the house next door with his mother joan and she spots the girl staring at him she tells him to go inside and get a shirt (laughs) they are all hot and bothered and it's easy to be hot and bothered in new orleans because it's so (laughs) humid a steamy place. It really is. It's steamy and it's sort of like poop. Well, not the whole city, yeah. but Bourbon Street. But Bourbon Street is so bad. <laughs> it's like it's awful. You just keep walking past it because the Woo! stench. Anyway, um, so inside the house, Delphine is watching TV and is crying. <laughs> <laughs> she learns that Obama is the president. That magic box lies. Somebody. Somebody in there. They just said that 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 Negro is the president of the United States. I voted for him twice. We've also had black secretaries of state, Supreme Court justices, and even the poet laureate. Lies. her soul no not bless her soul well that's that's not what it really means taylor it's like in the south when people say bless her heart that that means fuck her bless your heart (laughs) bless your heart child that's what it means Mm -hmm. not really like bless her but like we're not blessing her that's what it means centuries of racism (laughs) They should have left her in the ground. Yeah, for real. I would have dug her up, got that secret, put her right back. Bloop blooped her. Bloop bloop bloop. Well. Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> After they have their little talk, she gives her a new outfit to wear because she's now the maid of the house. Turning the tables. And she's like, you can either be this maid or I'm going to stick you back under the cobblestone. <laughs> Take your pick, sis. <laughs> <laughs> she should have just put her back in the box i don't mean open the box I, I don't really know why she keeps her around because i mean i guess this is because we had to give kathy Bates a role but <laughs> in yeah, reality i'm like once i knew that it was marie laveau i would have put her put her right back <laughs> exactly so while at the dinner table we are having a quality family discussion (laughs) (laughs) 
This is a children's show. This is not anything near a a family show. (laughs) What show are you watching? Uh, the one where they're not sitting around the top the table talking about losing their virginity. Um, but that's the kind of quality content that we got at this dinner table going on. (laughs) Um, they're talking about the new neighbor Luke and how hot he is, and then also talking about who has and has not lost their virginity. Um, Madison and Nan have both lost theirs, but Queenie is saving herself. <laughs> and while being served dinner, Queenie recognizes Delphine, and Delphine refuses to serve her. Because she's black. And so what what happens next? Fiona says, not in my house. Nope. And makes Delphine Queenie's personal servant. I mean, it is kind of good. She says, there's nothing more I hate than a racist. Puts that bitch to work. Do everything she tells you. Mm Mm-hmm. And Queenie's like, oh, hell yes. (laughs) Let's do this. Um... So, Zoe goes to fi- to visit Misty and Kyle, and he is mm, <laughs> almost at 100%. I uh, mean, what is 100% here, though? As good as you can be for pieces and parts put together with some super glue. Literally, Louisiana super glue. That's what we're saying. That's 100%. You gotta <laughs> think about this puzzle piece. <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting together a thousand piece puzzle and then one piece is missing. The piece that's missing, his brain. <laughs> it's that's so bad. Um, but Zoe goes there with plans to take him back to his mom. Dumbass. Why would you take? I don't like. Back she's so mom? stupid. She's like, well. I'll take the zon like I hate her. I mean, I don't hate her, but like that it's it, it's a dumb she's subplot. She's the best. No, I mean she's but. great, but like this little like let me reunite a mother and son, even though son was in pieces. Like what? Yeah. Well, Misty doesn't want Kyle to go, but Zoe takes him, promising that they will come back. And Misty says she knows they are not coming back. And... Starts spitting. <laughs> she could go at you, what can we say? She starts doing her Stevie Nicks spinning. Yeah, that's what I do. Got a problem? Spin Put it out. Put your arms out and get your... Uh, what are they like? A little shawl? Thing. Yeah, shawl. <laughs> just spin, spin away your problems. Get a tambourine if you're feeling real crazy. If you feel a bad. I love Stevie Nicks and her tambourines. Oh, yes. Anyway, Nan and Madison decide to go visit the new neighbors next door and they take a cake, you know, as, as good neighbors do. And, of course, Madison is dressed like a a lady of the night. because (laughs) Literally. (laughs) 
She trying to get her a man. I mean, can't you blame her? But this some, uh, I don't know, sheltered stuff because mm-hmm. Luke doesn't even know who Madison is because he has never had any access to television or the internet. <laughs> this is the year 2013. No television or internet. Okay. Like, I love how his mother thinks that's gonna, like, keep him chaste and just, like, un... Just There's keep him pure. There's proof that that doesn't work. Yeah, because as and soon as all, people get a taste of the all, outside, they go nuts. But listen, it's all on the TLC. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the channel? <laughs> Every show that is on TLC. True. Oh. But we all watch it because we all get sucked in. I love Dr. Pimple Popper. Because it's disgusting. I don't watch that show because it will make me vomit. That is literally the only thing that grosses me out. You know what? That that show, Dr. Pimple Popper and the one about the feet. You know that one? Nope. The doctor oh, fixing the feet? No, that one I'll, That one made me pee. Oh, that made me pee. I almost puke. We well, gotta talk about something else because my, <laughs> my heart's starting to race and the room's starting to spin. <laughs> Stomach is turning over here. I can't even. Okay, okay. So, Madison shows up looking like a whore. A lady of the night. Oh, yeah, excuse me, lady of the night. (laughs) She thinks she's going to get her man, but he doesn't know who she is, doesn't give her the time of day. He's like, "Hmm, who are you? Just another blonde bimbo. (laughs) But he is all about some nan. The nan thing's gonna get some. And her cake. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh, gross. <laughs> this is a family program. <laughs> a cake is a booty. I know. Okay, that's not that bad. I mean, I guess not, but. He probably just wants to. What the what? That was a smack on the butt. You didn't see my hand motion. It sounded like a click. Like he was clicking something into place. I mean, probably that too. Ew, gross. But anyway, Joan is not having any of this. And she's like, we got to go to Bible study. (laughs) Goodbye. And of course, Madison has something snarky to say. And Joan's just like, you know what? You need to leave. You need to go. So, yeah, Nan, like, wants to, like, cut the cake, have a good time, get to know everybody, and Madison's like, bitch, no. And she tries to throw a knife at her. She eats that knife. <laughs> she eats the knife tele- tele- telekinetically. She uses her brain to eat the knife. Mm-hmm. Conveniently, just missing Joan's head. Mm-hmm. And then as she makes her exit, she lights the curtains on fire because she's a psycho. And even and she's she surprised she everyone know that. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, shit. I didn't know I could do that. Hey. She said, whoops. <laughs> Powers. I'm a witch. I set the drapes on fire. My bad. Whoops. Um, so... Then Zoe returns Kyle to his mom. <laughs> just left him on the porch and leaves. Oh, but it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. 
So while Kyle is taking a shower, his mom comes in and notices that he is Frankenstein together. <laughs> She's like, this is not even your arm, said, son. What? What in the puzzle is this? <laughs> what is the puzzle? <laughs> but she has no problems with it Ooh. because she starts to, like, Ooh. make a move on him. <laughs> and he just cries. Yeah, she starts, like, kissing him. It's gross, which clearly implies that she was um having an having a incestuous relationship with her son. That's what? Abuse. That's so gross. While that's going on, um, across town, Cordelia is at the, the OBGYN. <laughs> Um, while Hank is away at a construction meeting. Mm. Mm. Construction. Constructing something. Wonder what it could be. A relationship with another woman, maybe. Hmm. Not his wife. So the doctor reveals that Cordelia is in fact infertile and she'll never be able to have biological children. And in another office downtown, um, another doctor is giving her mother um, news that her blood work is irregular and that no good doctor would want to perform surgery on her. Yeah. He's like, so tough shit, lady. Just, this is where we are. Yeah. You know, I'm just um, realizing now, um, I, I didn't forget about these scenes, but it's a very much a crossroads. Because, um, you know, like one's going downhill and another's. One, well, one wants a child and one wants to live forever and be young. Yeah. One wants to be a mother and one doesn't want to be a mother. So anyway. So later that night, Joan comes to have a little visit um, to let them know what Madison did. And she is mocked by... A drunken Fiona. Me. <laughs> she mentions that Madison set fire to the drapes and Fiona, that piques her interest. She's like, um, I'm sorry, she did what? Uh, yeah. She's like, hmm, maybe I should have a little chat with her. Um, so after she leaves, she invites Madison to light her cigarette. Um, pyrokinetically to prove that she did in fact light the drapes on fire and she doesn't so after Joan leaves um, Fiona <laughs> who am I Shrek <laughs> Fiona Fiona <laughs> Fiona invites Madison down and, and asks her to light her cigarette pyrokinetically in order to prove that 
She did, in fact, light Jones drapes on fire. And Madison focuses really hard, and she does it. <laughs> she says, poof. Um, and Cordelia decides to visit Cornrow City to have a chat with Marie Laveau about the fertility issue. And she charges her $50,000 for a 100% effective fertility spell. Listen, honey, that's a steal. That's a steal. She's guaranteeing that, that you're going to get pregnant? I, yeah, that's, that's like IVF. I, but IVF is not 100%. You don't like, have 100%. Exactly. So if I had a 100%, yeah. I would be like, okay, can I, can I do this in payment installments? Like... Thank yeah, you. But unfortunately, Marie starts to laugh because she ain't going to help the daughter of her, in- her enemy. Mm-hmm. And she tells Cordelia about the little visit that she got from Fiona. <laughs> ain't going to do no poach up medicine on you. <laughs> Not for 50000 not for 100000 You were born into the wrong tribe. You were the daughter of my sworn enemy. <laughs> Fiona has got nothing to do with me. She has no idea I came to see you. You are my one real shot at this point. Too late for tears, damage is done. Watson in here, like she the queen of England, talking about hammer and nails, not looking to start a war. Fiona was here? She done mess with the wrong witch, and she knows it. And now you know it. <laughs> So then, Zoe receives a call from Alicia, um, letting her know that Kyle is back, but he's not quite himself. Surprise. Not really. Surprise. Bet you thought you saw the last of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Fiona and Madison begin to discuss... Madison's fame and family wife, family wife, family life, <laughs> sister wives, family wife. Um, in a cafe, Madison talks about her horrible mother, and Fiona talks about how she was a horrible mother to Cordelia, and that she's trying to change, but she thinks it's too late. Yada yada, it, it is, is too late. <laughs> like we have moved on, and um, Madison. I think she kind of just did this to like trick Madison oh, into yeah. being her protege, student, oh, yeah. whatever. Oh, 100%. Um, but joke's on her because Fiona don't want no successor. Mm-mm. She's trying to sniff out the next Supreme mm-hmm. to like end them. Yeah, and Fiona, like, puts Madison to the test and, um, 
like mentally makes her trick someone into almost getting hit by a car to be like even test her powers further and when when like madison does it fiona's like oh this bitch she yeah she gotta go she brave she gotta go um do it if you're brave seriously so then we (laughs) back to delphine good lord um, she and Queenie are arguing about Queenie's eating habits and how to find, how, how to catch a man, how to find a man. Yeah. Delphine's like, Queenie, get, you ain't gonna get find them someone. suiters lined up. Yeah. She's like, you're not gonna find someone being that big. I'm like, girl, first of all, road, road, love comes in who all sizes. She, also, who says she needs a man? Yeah, who says she needs a man? She says she, who says she's like actually trying to find one? Maybe she's fine being herself. Exactly. Leave her be. And Delphine. (laughs) During this, Delphine spots the Minotaur outside and goes into a panic and spills all the beans to, to Queenie. Queenie is at first reluctant to help her because she's she is a trash trash human but when delphine says that the guy that she turned into the minotaur violated her daughter so she tortured him she decides to help her another lie yeah her daughter knew what she was doing Mm -hmm. um so they lure the Minotaur into the greenhouse with Delphine's blood and she offers herself to him and they do it. You know, I forgot about this scene. <laughs> I forgot. And she's like, yeah, she's like turned on by the minotaur so that's the thing that's happening at the ranch yeah yeah i didn't think he had sex with her though like i think i thought i remember her like wanting him to but i didn't know he actually did it you watched the show i did but i okay, forgot watch it again <laughs> she said it is there Anyway, we got to go back to another relationship. That's uh, another fucked up relationship. Messed up. So Alicia tries to talk to Kyle about what's like. Why is he changed? What's going on? And then tries to seduce him. Gross. And he he goes, "Go away, date." Shut up. <laughs> he is triggered. <laughs> He says, no, go away, date. Shut up. <laughs> but he said he he just screams no over and over again, grabs no, trophy and ends his mother's life. Um, bashes her head in. Just yeah. bashes her head in. Talk about, man, he's so strong. And a little while later, Zoe shows up and finds Kyle covered in blood with Alicia with her head bashed in. She's like, um, whoops. 
it's not fine. She's like, should have left you alone. That's why you don't piece people together. Yeah, first of all, bitch. <laughs> let's go to the beginning of this. If someone's dead, let's just leave them as that. Let's start there. Leave them alone. Back. For real. So, then we go back to Madison and Fiona. They're at a pool hall. Having a night out on the town. <laughs> Madison is practicing coercion. Fiona decides to get... Re- she She's not going to be drunk tonight. Mm-mm. She's, she's like, teaching. What? She's got to be on her A game. So she pours out her alcohols discreetly and watches Madison um, get men to do every little thing for her. And um, she has like a... A moment where she sees herself in Madison. Oh, she's she's full on having a crisis in this bar. She's like a late in life crisis. She is like, oh, I'm old. It's like Jamie Lee Curtis in Freaky Friday. I'm old. <laughs> I look like the Crypt <laughs> Oscar worthy. So when they get back to the house, um, she tells Madison that she thinks that she's going to be the next Supreme. And this is while they're looking at past Supremes and tells her to have her portrait done while she's still young. Sound advice. She reveals to Madison that she is dying. Of the cancers. Yeah. And that Madison's powers should start growing because hers are diminishing. And she admits to killing her predecessor, Anna Lee, and shows her the knife. And she tells Madison that she wants her to kill. She wants Madison to kill her so she can take control of the coven. We love a rite of passage. Does not want to do it. And Madison ends up being the one with their throat slit. So good. And again, Spalding is creepily watching in the corner. It's and been standing Fiona, there since the 70s. It's fine. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, Fiona tells him to bury her body. Not just six feet under. Just keep going about <laughs> 20 feet. Just deep. And um, she uh, comes to the conclusion that if Madison was an ex-Supreme, then there really shouldn't be an issue anymore of her. <laughs> She's like, I think I did everyone powers. a favor. She's like, I We're think I did everyone a favor. Yeah, I'm going like, to continue to be the Supreme. Everything's great. And then. She's the queen. Oh my God. And we're the sorry people. Quite literally. And <laughs> she has. My favorite line in the entire show. I keep saying this. But okay, yeah, uh uh-huh. Do what? It's iconic. It's iconic! Um, so, she basically tells Spalding, because she's laying on the rug, to roll her up in the rug, you know, and bury her. And she's sitting there, she lights a cigarette, and she just says, This coven doesn't need a new Supreme. Needs a new rug. 
It's so good. It's so good. And it's what? Iconic. It's iconic. It, it, no, that is iconic. Okay, that is some bad. That is some boss bitch badass energy. Lighting that cigarette. I mean, like, listen, I did everyone a favor. We don't need a new Supreme. What we do need is for you to go down to the world market and get us a new rug. That's what we need. Uh, well, that it, this new rug in this room that I'm in changed my life. There we go. See, a, r- new, a good rug. A new home decor can change everybody's life for the better. You used to yell at me if I'd move even even a little bit while sitting on this bed. I did. Yeah, she'd be like, "I can hear your bed squeaking." Well, all right. You ain't complained about it. I have not. So yeah, you fixed so the issue. Got my new rug. You're welcome. Thank you. Alrighty. So there we have it. Episode three, The Replacements, of which there are not that many because Fiona kills them. So we will now move on to episode four, Fearful Pranks Ensue. Fearful Pranks Ensue. I don't are you making up was. a song? Yes. Anyway. It was beautiful. So, we flash back to 1961, um, and we see Henry, a little brown boy, running through the streets of New Orleans, and he is chased by three white men in a pickup truck, and he turns down an alley, and the men continue to chase him on a on foot. Um, it ends up he gets cornered because there's a gate that's locked. Um, and he has nowhere else to go. While this is going on in Marie Laveau's salon, um, one of her stylists, Cora, who is Henry's mother, is talking about sending her son to a white school that has recently been integrated um while marie and a bunch of other um customers at the salon disapprove cora says that she has hope for the future and that things are going to get better Mm. but um later they find her son um hanging in a tree lynched by the white men by the white men yes marie watches um cora mourn um her son and resolves to take revenge um later marie performs a ritual to summon an army of the undead and they go after the white men and they're hiding, um, trying to make themselves feel better for about what they've done. And the army of the dead come in and gut them. It's, it's very satisfying. I think that's a great moment where we learn, like, the good extent of Marie's powers like she's just as powerful as any of those white girls at the school 
Like, she can raise the dead, have them kill people, and barely bat an eye. She the voodoo queen. Queen shit. What? I said queen shit. Yeah, because she's the voodoo queen. Exactly. She the voodoo queen. Papa Legba. (laughs) (laughs) We're not there yet, but I can't wait. (laughs) I love the way he talks. I'm sorry. I just do. (laughs) So, um, moving on. We're now back to 2013, and we have Taylor preparing a tea party for himself and Jamal. <laughs> I knew you were going to do this. Yes, Spalding has a doll collection, like grown, sane Taylor, men do. Taylor has a doll. <laughs> I do. I have a doll collection. I think they're very do you fascinating. you have tea parties? No, I don't have tea parties, mainly because I don't have a tea set. Oh, I got plenty of those. Girl, I don't want to have you a tea party with my doll. I'm not that crazy. Like, I just like oh. them from a, like, historical toy perspective. Not because I'm, like, trying to play with them, okay? Like, let's... No, I really do have, like, collectible tea sets, so... Okay, well, I'm very happy for you. <laughs> I don't know where they are. They're in my Great, mom's house let's somewhere. leave it that way. Anyway. So, Spalding's having a tea party with his dolls. And... He's like a dang dog. Uh, <laughs> any little noise, and he's like, "What was that?" <laughs> I mean, kind of. What was that? <laughs> now that we're like talking about it, so yeah. Actually, he hears the noise downstairs, and watch it goes down, and creepily stands in the corner and watches the murder of Madison. He rolls Madison's body up, and. Pours Fiona a drink and takes the the Madison away. Um, but Fiona hears a crash near the the greenhouse where Queenie and the Minotaur are getting it on. But something went awry. Yeah, it's a little rough and tonight. Oof. When she, when Fiona arrives, Queenie is covered in blood across her abdomen, and while she's standing there, the Minotaur rises up behind her. Inside, Cordelia begins to concoct a healing treatment for Queenie, while Cordelia and her mother are going at it about her visit to Marie. Um, Fiona's mad that she would go visit, that Cordelia would go to visit marie and she's just like yo this is the pot calling the kettle black because mom you went and did it too like you yeah. want what you want and i want what i want so but we both know that she can help us I mean, but she honestly, don't like you because you're a sneaky little brown noser with a hidden agenda the biggest sneaky little brown noser well i don't know next season jessica's a pretty much a sneaky little brown noser too wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll find out. But Fiona says she went to show strength because she's the supreme and she can ask for help. <laughs> she Basically, she's saying that she has weaknesses too, I guess. I don't know, but... No, she has this great line. She says, I went to show strength. Another great delivery moment. 
Iconic. Iconic. Slay mama, yes, queen. Anyway, queening stops breathing. Um, and Fiona breathes life back into her and it makes her a little woozy because she's getting weak. Mm-hmm. Fiona is like, we're not taking her to the hospital and says this will bring in a visit from the council probably. Oh, yeah. She's like, uh, we keeping this shit under wraps because I ain't trying to get in trouble with the council and have Myrtle Snow sniffing up my ass. Period. If only that's what it took. <laughs> I thought you were the supreme. thought you didn't have to answer to no one, though. Well, you okay. know, gotta keep them in check, though. Gotta keep them in check. People with power go a little off the rails. So, back in Fiona's room, Delphine tells her that Queenie saved her from the Minotaur um, because it was there for her. And Fiona tells her, shut, shut your trap, sis. Keep it to yourself. Don't tell nobody. Take that. Bury it down deep. And Delphine's like, but what happens if it comes back? And Fiona's like, it ain't coming back. So, back at the hair salon, Marie is um, doing Cora's hair. Okay, I never knew it was the same woman. I never got that. Because you're an idiot. I am an idiot. Which also means that Cora clearly knows that Marie does not age. Because Sis looks like the same she did in 1961. So something is up. Something is in the water. She don't care. She really don't. She's like, you're my friend. You're my friend. Thank you for doing my hair. Thanks. Um, But Cora insists on paying for her services. And Marie's like, nah, keep your money. And then gives her some money as well. And... At that moment, um, one of her employees, Chantel, comes back with a large packet saying that some freak dropped it off without a word. And Marie tells her to open up the box. And she screams when she sees what is in the box because it is the Minotaur's head. And Marie is not okay. Oh, she is hot to trot. So back at Kyle's house, he's banging his head against the tub until Zoe's like, yo, you got to stop. And he's like, no, Kyle. No, Kyle. (laughs) He's so fucking stupid. (laughs) Frankenstein. Uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein looking ass. (laughs) Get a little stain. Uh, A little little Frankenstein. (laughs) And so he knows what any good woman knows that to make a man feel better, you make him a meal. So she makes him some tuna salad. Not just any tuna salad, though. Rat poison tuna salad. She's like, hold on, I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to fix this all up. Fix him this. She thought it was salt. No, she did not. <laughs> she was like, listen. She's like, this thing is seasoned. <laughs> 
a little spice. We are she in New Orleans. Little, she gave it a little taste test. She's like, mm, this needs something. It Let needs a little, something, a little something, something to compete with Bourbon Street. <laughs> I cannot. She... <laughs> <laughs> she puts rat poison in his tuna. Uh, she, after she fixed him up a nice little tuna salad. A little snacky snack. She has to take it to him and he's gone. And it just so happens to be Halloween. So everyone looks like a monster. <laughs> he blends right find, in. She can't find the real monster. And she's like, shit. <laughs> um, so back in Fiona's room, Delphine's helping her get dressed. And she talks about old Halloween traditions. Like bonfires and harvest offerings. and The good stuff. Uh <laughs> Probably. Fiona starts to tell her about the current versions like jack-o'-lanterns and candy. <laughs> we love candy. We and do. we love carving a pumpkin. Um, Except for getting all the guts out of the pumpkin. I don't like that. Gross. It grosses me out. Makes me gag. Um, Delphine just starts to notice that she that Fiona's looking a little little more youthful, a little more young. Yeah, she's like, you look so, and Fiona's like, younger? And she's like, no, just, <laughs> just, just, you just look good. So calm, like, calm down, sis. <laughs> not that young. She's like, not that young. You just look good for, like, mid-60s. Maybe about five minutes. Yeah, like, you just look not good for mid-60s, that's all. Um, back at the sol- at Corner of City, the salon. Chantelle is trying to stop Marie from just starting a war with the witches. Um, but Marie's like, they started this, and I'm going to end it. <laughs> they can be the sorry Chantel's people tonight. Like, she's like, yo, don't forget that you have a, you, you went into a truce with Anna Lee that we would stay on our, our sides, that we wouldn't cross the line. This is some uh, Twilight. This is some segregation shit. The, the treaty. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> the vampires and the werewolves. So we just got the voodoo queen and the witches. Um, but Marie's like, if we don't, if we don't get back at them, then we're going to be goners. It's like they're just going to come after us eventually, so we might as well go after them first. So, up in Baton Rouge, Hank is about to hang up the phone um, from talking with Cordelia, saying that his business partner, Phil Underwood, has arrived. What a horrible, like, <laughs> like that is such a fake name. I'm going to see Phil Underwood. Like, sure you are. It's all lies. Lies. Because when he opens the door, it's Kaylee. The woman who he has been having an affair with. So after Hank and Kaylee do some hanky panky. <laughs> You've been waiting all day for that. <laughs> they chit chat about Halloween. Um, he tells her that he went as a monster last year and then continued to wear that costume every day for the rest of his life. <laughs> 
He's like, I was a monster on the 31st and this 1st of November and every day after. <laughs> I didn't take my costume off. I'm a piece of shit. So meanwhile, back at, at home base. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we actually though. Um, Cordelia is tending to Queenie and Delphine is thanking Queenie for saving her life and Queenie says that she'll have to work hard to pay her back. I mean, she is her personal slave after all. <laughs> so she, No, she's like, literally, you gotta work. <laughs> and we find out that the Council on Witchcraft is going to pay a little visit to the Academy. Um, as in, like, they're there. They didn't tell oh, nobody. Yeah, they, they just, just like, show we, up. we hear. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the council, the council features Myrtle Snow, Quentin, and Cecily. So, while speaking with the council, Cordelia lets it slip about the Minotaur and what happened there. And that she went into the voodoo territory yeah. Just spilling the beans. She just word vomit. Literally, I think literally Fiona walks in and she's like, don't say anything else. <laughs> she's like, you need to stop talking. <laughs> she's like, I gotta clean up your mess now. No, we didn't go to the voodoo territory. For... No. No, no, no. Not we just went to the hair salon. I just needed some, you know, some bleaching done. <laughs> You obviously don't go to the hair salon enough. You said, I need some bleaching done. <laughs> I don't. I go get my hair cut. I need it's some bleaching done. It's this, like, really manly done. place. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> the only manly thing I do. Anyway, um, Nan lets everyone know that she's the one who sent for the council because she can't hear Madison anymore. She's gone silent in Nan's head. She doesn't hear the voices anymore. And they decide that they're going to conduct an official inquiry. They're like, we actually need to investigate this. This is suspect. Something's afoot and they know it. Um, Because the death of a descendant of Salem is punishable by... Fire. That was fire. <laughs> fire. <laughs> they burn you alive. Yes. Which, Which leads kinda... into one of my favorite parts this entire season when everyone gets questioned. It's, it's just so good. But, like, it's kind of ironic because if they're burning someone alive for killing another descendant aren't they killing a descendant that's a good point that's a good point i think it's more like trying to work that out in my head (laughs) it's like Um, the death sentence we're not supposed to kill people but let's kill them because they killed someone yeah this person killed somebody then yeah it's it's the same concept slippery slope it really is slippery yeah anyway so they have interrogations and they interrogate everyone and they ask 
about Madison and if she was manifesting any new powers. During all of this, Cordelia <laughs> conveniently notices that her rug is gone. She's like, hold on, someone's missing, but what the fuck happened to my rug? <laughs> well, where's my rug? Listen, rugs are expensive. Trust me, I know. Oh, yeah, you do. You just bought one. <laughs> I just bought one. <laughs> Gee, thanks. It was worth it. Just bought it. I used that Instagram influencer's code for Girl, some percentage get off, out. so it's all good. Get off of this podcast. <laughs> we love a good Instagram influencer code. Listen, 10% off is 10% I want off. to be an influencer and give out codes. Someone sponsor us, please. Watch us get like a sponsorship for like bras or something. <laughs> something that like that doesn't go with out. the podcast. Wouldn't help you out. I mean, I am probably gaining weight, so it's probably going to help me out eventually. But anyways. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so the council realizes that Fiona was aware that Madison had started to manifest new powers. And Myrtle is like, mm, I think she done it. Because she thinks that Madison is the next Supreme. Mm-hmm. So... We go back to Hank and Kaylee, and they are making breakfast in their little hotel kitchenette. And Hank has told Kaylee that he is a USDA inspector, and that <laughs> sends him all over the country. I go to a lot of Walmarts and inspect a lot of meat. <laughs> a lot of meat. It's revealed that they met in an online chat room dedicated to collecting <laughs> Thomas Kincaid paintings. What can we say? They have taste. <laughs> oh, God. Can't wait for the day that I own a Thomas Kincaid. I mean, I can, but I can't. I mean, yeah, like, it's technically yours, but not yours yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, she reveals to him that she's catching feelings for him and he's like me too bah that was him shooting her in the head he's just like she's like sitting there and he just like pops a silent i guess a silencer like a yeah he has a silencer yeah has a silencer and he just like blows her brains out and she just falls over and he's like well that's done again he didn't take the costume off he is a monster. The costume stays on during sex. <laughs> so, back to the council. Um, Myrtle, she does not like Fiona. It mm. is very well known that she does not like Fiona. And she's upset with her because she has not been living up to the standards of a Supreme. Not at all. So Myrtle decides to remind her that she was the last to see Anna Lee alive and that she went missing shortly after she made the pack with Marie about not crossing paths. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, I sense a pattern here. Hmm. Wonder where the consistently following the same. She really Rick. did. Like, it's fine. For someone who thinks she's so smart, Fiona's like, let me kill her in the exact same way I killed my predecessor. No one will ever think. I'm like, so. It was me. 
Um, so in a flashback, it's revealed that after the death of Anna Lee, Fiona lied to the council and said she didn't know where she was and that she was believed to be the next Supreme. She's like, and I don't know where she went, but I do know what she did say about me. She said, I was Yeah, great she said, I'm the Supreme. Supreme <laughs> and they just listened to her and made her Supreme elect. Oh. And Myrtle... She could sniff out a lie. That was one of her powers. She could sniff it out. A little sniffer sniff. She looked at Fiona and said, you're lying. You're a lying little heifer. I know you're lying. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> and so Myrtle enchanted Spalding's tongue so that he couldn't tell a lie and arranged for him to be questioned by the council. But he decides to cut his tongue off because he would rather never talk again than have to say something against Fiona. Cannot relate. You cannot get me cut my tongue off for any man or woman. And to add more suspicion to it, Fiona conveniently is with him when his tongue is cut off. She's always there and no one's ever, and everyone's like, no, not her. <laughs> it wasn't her. <laughs> She's just there every time. It's just not her. <laughs> It's, it's just very convenient that she's there, I guess. She's there, but it's just, it has nothing to do with her at all, no. Myrtle's like, Fiona's guilty, and I'm ready to get rid of her. Oh, yeah. And Myrtle calls Spalding as a witness and tells him to write the name of the person responsible for him losing his tongue. So, when he's called to write the name he found a loophole and wrote Myrtle Snow on the paper mm-hmm. and he sends a note to Fiona asking her to meet he had sent a note to Fiona asking her to meet him in the bathroom and the last words that he spoke were to her telling him telling her that he loved her and then he cut his own tongue out so he couldn't talk about her and, like, incriminate her. Talk about a loyal bitch. I ain't cutting my tongue out for nobody. No. I'ma just Mm-mm. have to live my life. So, Mm-mm. back in the present day, Myrtle is, like I said, she's ready. She's locked and loaded. She's mad. Fiona's getting away with all these murders. Again. And Fiona is as cocky as ever mm-hmm. when Cordelia interjects that she knows Madison couldn't be the next Supreme because she had a heart murmur. A.K.A. she did not have Supreme health. She had a flaw. And if she was the true Supreme, she would be... Um, Gaining power while taking power from the reigning supreme. And Fiona is like oh, clutching shit. her pearls in the corner. Like, <laughs> there's this oh, great no. look that Jessica does. It's like a literal oh shit look. Like, oh, I killed the wrong one. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Clutches her pearls. So then we go over to the salon and Chantel is closing for the night. Once again, Marie is preparing the ritual and the dead rise from their graves and Delph then we flash to Delphine 
greeting trick-or-treaters, calling them little beggar children. <laughs> I'm sorry, calling all kids. I'm calling all kids that, even if it's not Halloween, little beggar children. <laughs> and so she's passing out candy to trick-or-treaters. Nan's crafting a shrine for Madison. Madison. Zoe and Queenie are like, mm, I don't know if she's dead. Let's go look for her. And Cordelia's like, no, you don't need to leave tonight. And then... Psych. We see Spalding having a, a little tea party again. <laughs> with his dolls. Can relate. One of which is a life-size Madison corpse. I mean... So he's got a life-size doll now. I mean, at least it's like... Instead of a little creepy doll, it's a just a little creepy little body there. Alexa, play Plastic Doll by Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, no. No, no. No, no. So while Cordelia tells everybody else that they don't need to leave, she and Fiona decide to go... <laughs> to leave. <laughs> ...to a bar and play some games. Um... And the game that they are playing is asking each other three questions, and they have to be truthfully answered. Cordelia starts with why Fiona Hanks Hank, hates Hank. <laughs> Hanks Hank. <laughs> that was a tongue twister. It really is, actually. And Fiona says he reeks of BS, and one is like, Cordelia, yo, sis, what, do you not see it? Are you that blind? <laughs> the one like, time that, like, Fiona on, actually sis. makes some valid points. <laughs> Literally. She's like, if you're ever so, going to listen to me, this is the time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so... Then she asked Fiona if she murdered Madison. And Fiona lies and says no. Cordelia is not convinced. And then she asks her her third question, who she thinks the next Supreme will be. Um, she talks to her mom about why, like, the fact that she's becoming obsessive over who's going to be the next Supreme... She's like, you are obsessed with this. Why do you care? And then she goes, she goes to the bathroom. She's like, I've had enough. I need a break. Uh, she throws up in the bathroom. It cuts her throwing up. Because <laughs> she's been drinking She too needs much. a break. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. She, psycho mom. Anyway, so while she's in the bathroom, a cloaked figure yeets acid in her face <laughs> not yeet yeets it yeet. so Cordelia's suffering in the bathroom with some acid burns mm-hmm. so there's that um so then we go back to the house where Luke has arrived with cookies to repay Nan for the cake that she brought him. And, um, he 
goes inside and there are some trick-or-treaters that come to the door. And Delphine opens up the door and to, to greet the little bear children. <laughs> and she realizes that it is not children. Um, it's her daughters. Her zombie daughters. <laughs> Whoops. Of course, to include the one who seduced and had relations with who would become the Minotaur and caused all all this to happen. Yeah, and then Delphine is just like, she drops the, dramatically like drops the candy bowl and shatters it. And it's actually a really nice bowl, which only reminds me of Leslie Gross's (laughs) Halloween bowl getting stolen. (laughs) I think that's like the pillar upon which which this podcast is built on is that missing bowl. Oh, God bless. <sighs> yep. And then that is the end of episode four. Um, these episodes, these like episodes like three through like six, so good. Like the show really hits its stride right here. And I, ooh, it's so good. Alrighty. So we will move on to our next category that we like to call Elsa's Cabinet. Of curiosities. My monsters, the ones you call depraved, they are the beautiful, heroic ones. They offer their oddity to the world. They provide a laugh or a fright to people in need of entertainment. So these episodes introduce a lot of characters that play very big supporting roles throughout the season. We are introduced to not only one, but two Broadway legends, Miss Patti LuPone as Joan Ramsey and Christine Ebersole as Anna Lee Layton. Love that name. Very, very Southern. And then we have Alexander Draymond as Luke Ramsey, Hot Boy Next Door. We have Mayor Wingham as Alicia Spencer. This is the first of um, a couple of roles that she'll have on the show. She appears in Freak Show and then has a larger role in Hotel. Um, she's great. And then we have Alexandra Breckenridge as Kaylee, making, um, I think it's her final appearance in American Horror Story thus far. So she has only appeared in Murder House and now Coven. We have, and, and we actually didn't talk about him last time, but um, let's discuss Mr. Hank Fox, played by Josh Hamilton, the worst husband in the world. Trash. Trash. You know what? That's a consistent theme on this show. Men, trash. It's all the husbands. It really is. It really is. Gosh, this is just, you know what? I think this show's actually like a secret PSA to like not get married, so good luck with that, Haley Grace. Um, uh. <laughs> that's rude. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. If anyone's going to make trash it, husbands, that's true. You actually didn't pick a trash husband. You actually picked a man who no. like, likes you. So that's good. Um, I would hope that he would like <laughs> me. If he doesn't, when well, you know, we'll handle it when the when the time comes. Um, <laughs> I'm not meaning to drag your marriage like this. This is just a joke. I think you just need to be quiet. I'm going to just stop talking, and then. We are introduced to 
the one and the only Mr. Leslie Jordan as Quentin Fleming. We love him. Icon, queen of the council. I mean, Literally the only... <laughs> the only man. <laughs> and the only then... important person on the council. Do what? Said so he's the only important person on the council. I mean, Marcus Snow is just a whiny little... She kind of is. And then... And then we'll move on to talking about Cicely right here. Cicely Pembroke, played by Miss Robin Bartlett. As we discussed last season, she had a um, a small role in Asylum. Yeah, and Cicely is just, she's pretty much useless too. Like, Quentin's the only one that's either got really good comebacks or can kind of see through things or like, well, I mean, I guess. Um, I mean, they all, they all kind of turn on Myrtle. So, like, how smart are they really, if you think about it? Anyways, so those are the characters that we meet in these episodes. I mean, you know, that's some, I mean, you got Broadway here, you got Leslie Jordan, you got Philandering Husband. I mean, you got a pretty stacked supporting cast here. I mean, come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Sorry, I was trying to do a Wendy Williams. That that didn't work out. No. It did not. (laughs) Mm -mm. So... Now, we will move on to our final category of the week, the Briarcliff Jukebox. Pack a camel? No, Gerard, it's not a cigarette machine. It's a great big music box! And for our maiden number, I would like to dedicate this one to our newest resident, patient number G2573, Miss Judy Martin. Enjoy. And... We got some good songs in these episodes, the first of which being Sarah by Fleetwood Mac. As Misty is in her cabin. We love it. And also we have a whole lot of shaking and going on by Jerry Lee Lewis. And then we have Heaven by Dorothy Love Coates and the original Gospel Harmonettes. And then finally Commercial Joint by Chapter Boys. So there are our songs for the week and there we go we've all wrapped up episodes three and four great episodes they're iconic i know you like to make fun of me but they are iconic they are iconic they are it just is what it is so where could everyone find you on the interwebs Haley grace tell us all about it at hgh Evans on everything. Everything. And then you can find me on Twitter at Taylor D H E R T Y. Instagram at Taylor D H E R T Y ninety three. I almost literally had a stroke. Um forgets how to spell his own name. <laughs> I was because he's a literal idiot. Literal idiot? Oh literal idiot. Great, thank you. And Literal then, <laughs> idiot. Thank you. And then you can find this podcast at Die In Their Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And while you are listening to your podcast, please give us a nice review. A five-star review or a nice little comment. We would greatly appreciate it because we will... We will come after you if you say something mean i am not above it not at all i mean i'm sure Helly grace is but i'm not 
I will so. hunt you down. Mm, yeah. And get your leg over. That's from the Grinch. I'll hunt you down and get you like a fish. We gotta do like a. a if you a so much episode. as utter one syllable, I will hunt you down and get you like a fish. If you'd like to fax me, press star key. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot do. This is too much. So, yeah, we're gonna leave that there. We're just gonna let you just. Just sit on that one. Um, all right. Well, see everyone next time. Bye. Bye.